We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. And welcome in, everybody. Hump Day. Happy Hump Day. It is a Wednesday on Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. We welcome Jad Chambers back in after some well-deserved time off. Happy to be here. It's a Wednesday, which means we speak with the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, Brian Haney. That's coming up in about 20 minutes from now. We'll get, uh, well, we'll get everything locked and loaded for you. We'll spend a little time in football it may be time to spend a little time with basketball we'll see uh it's strange because this time of year over the past few years we were ready to turn the page to college basketball but not so fast in lawrence this year we'll have that conversation coming up in just a little bit uh glad to have everybody on board wednesdays are interesting because it's the off day right um you don't have football quite yet. You get Thursday night football, which normally we'd you know, maybe be looking forward to. Lately, it's been a bit of a dud. We'll see if the Cardinals and Saints can provide us something there tomorrow. Yeah, the NBA season tipping off last night. Celtics-Warriors uh, picking up right where they left off, each with big wins. You've got the Major League Baseball playoffs underway. The Phillies, behind a couple home runs, take game one against Yu Darvish and the Padres. Ah, here we go. Tommy, we're about to have everything going at once. There's this weird window, right, toward the end of the NFL season when you also get the baseball playoffs, the start of the NBA season, college basketball's right here. This is a this is a great time of year on the sports calendar. Yeah, today we can kind of catch our breath a little bit and reset from last weekend and look ahead to this weekend. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, I'm following, um, you know, Major League Baseball playoffs right now. You mentioned the Phillies beating the Padres. They look like a World Series champion right now, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and then, of course, the Yankees take that deciding game five against the Guardians yesterday to move on to the ALCS. So they'll take on the Astros. Uh, yeah, just a whole lot going on. And um, it's it's a fun time of year. It's it's a you know and and you have to sort of prioritize it. There have been years where you know this is a distracting like if when the Royals were good and it's it's can be distracting. We you know we don't have to worry about the Royals right now, so we sort of lock in on the Chiefs in recent years. But you know for a lot of people, it your allegiances are pulled in different directions. Uh, the NFL always you know remains king around this country. And the ownership is like a reality TV show. Um, owners meetings here. Dan Snyder is the topic, Tommy. And we'll start here today. You've got Jim Ursay with the first real public shot across the bow, right? Saying the, have, the owners have reason to, to get rid of him. Um, he thinks there's enough people that want to get rid of him. This comes as Dan Snyder... Uh, sends a letter that says, hey, all that reporting that you saw, you know, that none of that's true. I don't really have any, you know, people looking into you guys or anything like that. So, you know, don't believe that reporting. 
with all those you know unnamed sources it's not true okay uh that's fine i i would you know there i think that there is truth in the reporting i'll say that and i think dan snyder's days may be numbered here tommy yeah i don't care if it takes three days or three months or, or three years uh dan snyder will not remain the owner of the washington commanders and it, it could be something you know very smooth and simple but i suspect that's not going to be the case i think that snyder is going to drag this out he's going to fight he's already said as much um you know a, a, a spokesperson from the commanders came out yesterday after ursay made those comments uh basically saying that you know the snyders are not going to sell the team and so i think that there is a a fight that's going to be um waged here uh, a war is going to be waged between Daniel Snyder and the NFL and the other owners, but this was the first blow, you know, Jim Ursay going on record and I'm, you know, I can guarantee you there are a ton of owners who are thinking the exact same thing that Jim Ursay actually said on record. And I think the big question is going to be, can the NFL, can the other owners get together enough votes to oust Dan Snyder as owner. They they can do it. They have the mechanisms in place. It's just a matter if they have the votes. I think they do, or I don't think Jim Ursay does that. However, um, you know, I, I just I, I don't I don't think Jim Ursay would say it if the votes weren't there, but Jim Ursay is not the, you know, he doesn't have just this like shining record of you know, whatever he's got some, he's got some weird stuff in his past too. <clears throat> but I don't in this world. I just and look, Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft apparently got into it right at uh, at the owners' meetings too. It's not like all roses with the owners; these are all you know billionaire, whatever. So there's going to be drama there. It's just it's interesting um, that we get all this. And it's taken so long when it seems so obvious that Dan Snyder is not good for the league, right? That, you know, nobody in the place he's watching over likes him. They haven't had any success on the field. They've become a joke of a franchise on and off the field. They've got, you know, they're dragging the NFL through the mud in their investigations. Like it's, it is strange that it's taken this long to get to this point because in other situations— and we've talked about this. That hasn't happened, right? It's been fairly simple, um, but not with Dan Snyder. And and his offenses may be the worst. And so I don't understand it. But what I do know is, well, I don't know, but I cannot recall a time where where another owner has so publicly been like, "Yeah, we got to get him out of here." Which is basically what Ursay did yesterday. That's that's really interesting to me. Now it's not Jerry Jones saying that. Or Robert Kraft saying that, or some of the other high-profile owners. But Jim Ursay is pretty Ursa is a pretty high-profile owner, and that's a that's a shot, and he took it. Snyder and his the commanders responded, and blah 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 blah. It'll be interesting because Snyder took the time to send this letter saying, "Hey, I don't have this stuff on you guys." Okay, because I it sounds like they may be ready to get rid of him, and if he does. I mean, you know, we've seen the Gruden stuff. We've seen all of it. You know he's going to try and drag people through the mud. Oh, yeah. He's absolutely gearing up for a fight. And if you believe the reports that he has all of this dirt and all this info on all the other owners and Roger Goodell and the NFL, um, then this is the this is the reason why you gather all of that to get ready for a public fight like this and to try to get the years back off. What I think makes yesterday such a a monumental turning point in the Dan Snyder saga is because all of us, you and me included, ultimately our opinions don't matter. We don't own an NFL team. We can't do anything. Can't do anything to get Dan Snyder out. So we can talk about it all day long. Doesn't really matter. And up until yesterday, the people who could affect change, the people who could get Dan Snyder removed had been silent on the matter. Roger Goodell hadn't said a word. No other owner had said a word until yesterday. That's what makes it such a big turning point in this in this whole situation. Because, yeah, Jim Ursay has his own baggage. You know, he's been suspended by the league before. He's got some uh, some demons and in, in, in skeletons in his closet, you know, in the past. Um, 
but he was the first one to publicly come out and say there is merit to removing Dan Snyder as owner. That is that's substantial. And that's what makes this such a, a substantial situation because now, and you know what? I feel like I, I get what you're saying that he probably wouldn't have said it if he didn't feel like they have the votes, but if they had the votes, they probably would have voted already. So I think that they want to make sure they need to double check and triple check that they have the votes to make it happen because the worst possible thing would be if this comes up to a vote and it turns out, Hey, maybe they don't have the 24 votes they need to get Dan Snyder out of there. And then that's a win for Snyder. Um, you know, so they need to, to double and triple check to make sure they've got all the ownership, the rest of the owners in the NFL in line to be able to get Dan Snyder out. Yeah, it's um, it, it is really. I, well, I don't know the procedures on it. That That's the thing. Like, you know, it's one thing for an owner to resign, right? It's one thing for an owner to step aside. Dan Snyder's obviously not doing that. So I don't know what the procedures are when they happen, anything like that. Um, I, I really don't, I, I just don't know. So as far as the timing of it, I just, I think it's gotten to the point now that they're finally like, all right, enough's enough. Like we're t- we're sick of talking about this. The longer, and here's the other thing. Like the longer Congress or whoever is like investigating Dan Snyder, the more likely it is that he takes other people down with him. Like, I don't understand what the owners have waited for. Maybe he has dirt, and maybe this turns into a spectacle, uh, you know, a tabloid-type extravaganza. But, man, if they're looking into stuff for some of these guys, you got to think, like, they may find stuff they don't want them to. The scandal aspect of this may be the smallest aspect of this that would have real concern, right, to, to... other owners it's they're all involved in drama and scandals anyway jerry jones is involved in a scandal every other week it seems like now robert Kraft has his very public scandal aired out like it's jim ursay in his issues like they they're already out there with the dramatic nature of it but are there real things that might be found in a dance that's that's what surprises me about how long this has dragged out I mean, normally in a situation like this, you would see these guys cast him aside in two seconds. Like, dude, you're done. Like, we cannot afford the risk of you. But they haven't done that. And I think that's why there's. it feels like there's so much merit in that ESPN reporting that it's because he has so much dirt on these guys and he'll just throw it all out there, which I believe because we saw the John Gruden stuff. Yeah, and and so there's no reason to think that, you know, Snyder is – um, you know, not going to try to drag everybody down with him. Like this is, uh, this is a kamikaze mission right now. If you're Dan Snyder, it's okay. If, if you want to pursue this, if you think you have the votes, Jimmer say, you know, if, if you think that the, if you can get 24 other owners to, to come on board and vote me out and force me to sell and remove me as owner, then get ready, get ready. NFL, get ready. Roger Goodell, um, There's not a doubt in my mind, regardless of a letter that Dan Snyder sent to all the other owners saying, hey, hey, this is wrong. My hands are clean. I haven't done anything. I don't have any dirt on you. I think it's disingenuous and I think it's a flat out lie. There's not a doubt in my mind that he has information. Uh, I I don't see why. I mean, the. ESPN well, the question is how not, damning is the information, right? right? Is the ESPN information... would not put out an article like that if they didn't if they didn't feel incredibly confident that there is at least merit to this story. So, uh, yeah, that that's the question: is how bad is it? It's not whether or not he has it; it's how bad is it, and what is it going to look like? Is it an atomic bomb on the NFL and all the other owners and Roger Goodell uh, if it's released? And I, there's not a doubt in my mind also that the John Gruden situation was a warning shot. Hey, I've got this. I will leak it. I will release it. Leave me alone. Let me be the owner of my team. Let me do what I want. Get off my back. Um, Let me operate my franchise the way I want to. It can be a toxic workplace environment. There can be discrimination. There can be all of these things, but let me do it. Let me do it the way I want to do it. Because if you don't, I'm warning you, I will drop an atomic bomb. There's not a doubt in my mind that that's the scenario that we're facing. Yeah, I, I just, it, Right. I mean, it, it, there's too many things that tell us that. Is ESPN capable of reporting something incorrectly? Of course they sure. are. Does it seem highly unlikely? 
in this scenario to report that way about somebody that has endless amounts of money to hire lawyers? Uh, it seems a little less likely. I work and of this know, magnitude, I, I, absolutely. I, I work absolutely. in the business. I know how I know how uptight everybody is uh, when it comes to legal issues right now in this industry, and it's it's tough. So you know the chances that they would put something out there without dotting I's and crossing T's legally is very low, but it's possible. Um, it is. Dan Snyder will you know if it's not true, prove it. Right? If it's not true, sue him for slander. Like whatever you're going to do, like whatever you think you need to do. Uh, none of that's going to happen, of course. And the owners, they just have to make this problem go away. And they're going to have to take a risk-reward approach, right? Like, what is the risk in ousting him? What could he possibly have? But the problem for them is the more Dan Snyder stays in place, the more likely some of that stuff comes out anyway. Yeah, that's what the I problem. Think, what I think is really um, interesting with this whole scenario is, yeah, you have this owners meeting and I, I'm sure that, you know, every single owner wanted to discuss this, you know, and, and the best way to handle it. Um, but it's not like you can do that with Dan Snyder not in the room. Like, what are you going to say? Like, hey, can you step out in the hall for a second? We'd like to like to talk about you like he's there. Right. And so um, I don't exactly know how you are able to strategize a plan um this there's got to be a lot of you know back room off the record conversations from owner to owner you know hey how are you leaning what are you thinking here what could what could he have um you know and and i think that there's a real possibility that you know part of the reason and jim ursay did say his words were were that there were potentially enough votes they'll need at least 24 of them potentially enough votes. So I think that there could very well be owners that are on the fence that are thinking, yeah, like I would, I want to vote him out, but I'm also concerned about what he might have. And does he have anything on me? And if he has anything on me, maybe I, maybe I want to stay away from this entirely. And so that's, that's, what's going to be really, really interesting as this plan, as this pans out. It's a mess. I, I feel bad for the fans in Washington because it sucks, man. Like when when you're dealing with constant ineptitude and a guy's a turd and like all all of the things that they've had to deal with and you're not winning, right? Like that's that's rough. If if you look at the other let's just say and I don't I don't want to sit here and like try and power rank the NFL owners with issues off the field because I think that's a really hard thing to do. If you but but the one thing that Washington fans have had to deal with is that and they've stunk for so long, right? It's yeah. been forever. Like you can say what you want about the Cowboys and not being able to win a Super Bowl. But the Cowboys are relevant, right? Like they're in the playoffs. They're flirting with it. They're competitive. They're, you know, all of those things consistently. They haven't had very many just really bad seasons. Right. Same with the Colts. Uh, obviously, Robert Kraft is in a different world right now with the success the Patriots have had. But, like, you know, when you have issues like these and you're dealing with billionaires and their bad habits if you're winning it's a little bit easier to swallow for washington fans like and, and a, for a lot of us like we don't care what the ownership does we don't care anything about them we just want a winning team right like if if we try to play morality police on on billionaires it's it's kind of a fool's errand right it's not going to work out very well most of the time so at least you have winning and washington hasn't even had that so so for commander fans you've had to deal with all of it for a long time now, long time. Yeah. And, and on top of that, um, I, I don't see any indication in the near future that Washington will win. I mean, look at their roster and it doesn't look good long-term. I mean, you've got Carson Wentz yeah, and quarterback it, and he's out for a while. And of course, Taylor Heineke is going to start now. And, and there's no, the, and, and as much as I do respect Ron Rivera as a coach, uh, the, he doesn't have the roster. There's just, there's nothing that tells me that they will be relevant anytime soon. So that adds on to it also. Like, hey, you've got the Dan Snyder drama and Carson Wentz is not a good quarterback. But if I'm a Commanders fan, I'm like, well, hey, you know, 
Is there anything that I can look forward to in the future? Well, it sucks because I, don't, I was I don't see it. I was I on board it. with Ron Rivera. I was like, you know what? That's the kind of guy they needed to hire. Good hire because it, when you have Dan Snyder on one end of the spectrum, Ron Rivera, high character, you know, everything, you like all those things, and it just hasn't worked. And, you know, what looked like a promising roster a couple of years ago has just totally fallen apart. So, yeah, um, it's going to happen, and I think it's going to happen within the next calendar year. But what a what a drama fest that just seems so unnecessary. We'll switch gears. We'll talk college football, maybe a little bit of college hoops, as we've got Big 12 Media Days happening right now for college basketball but brian haney the voice of the jayhawks will track him down have our weekly conversation next on sports daily Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Jake Balbrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers with you on this Wednesday edition of the show. It is college football season. It's almost college basketball season as we welcome in the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, Brian Haney, in just a few minutes here uh, as we track him down to talk about maybe both, you know, in college football this week, which is certainly in the spotlight. I'm intrigued by the Big 12 slate this week. Uh, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Lubbock is not not the dud, but sort of the game you can cast to the side a little bit. Kansas-Baylor, two teams that are really trying to position themselves in the top half. That's a huge game in Waco. Um, you've got Texas at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State home dogs again by almost a full touchdown. I can't believe that. Um, and then, of course, the big one around here. Kansas State, TCU, the Battle of Big 12 unbeatens in Fort Worth. Kansas State coming off of a bye. We'll have much more on that game uh, tomorrow with Tim Fitzgerald, our K-State insider. But, Tommy, this is a great weekend in the Big 12, and this is going to keep happening, right? Because, really, top to bottom, there are no teams that are sure-thing losers. So you're never going to get a game where you can just— I mean, and I don't care what the matchup is, right? Like, what game in the Big 12 right now, what potential matchup could you guarantee a win or loss for anybody? The league is great this year. It is, but then you look back historically, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer uh, when it comes to the Jayhawks uh, taking on Baylor, but Kansas has fared very, very poorly uh, against Baylor over the last decade. I, I think I saw that they've not scored more than 14 points in a game since 2011. Now, this is a different Kansas team than any team over the last decade. So that's a positive, and Baylor is um, down for sure. Um, so I, I do think the game will be closer, but if uh, the last decade tells us anything, that might be the only game that I would imagine people would potentially think, hey, this could be a little bit more of a blowout. Yeah, I mean, I... Kansas has struggled against everybody over the last decade, right? Um, you know, it's been it's been rough for Kansas across across the board. <laughs> it's not so. I, I just think this is a little bit different in that way. Baylor is going to be desperate, though. Um, you know, Baylor had the expectations to potentially win the Big Twelve this year, and you know they had a double overtime loss on the road to BYU early, but that didn't really dissuade anything right like we still felt good then they went to Iowa State and got the big seven point win and and you're like okay like Baylor is good and then they lose by 11 to Oklahoma State at home and then they lose to West Virginia on the road but it, I don't think it's as bad as we're perceiving it to be with Baylor losing to Oklahoma State who I you know is not anything to be ashamed of. Losing on the road to BYU in double overtime is not anything to be ashamed of. The loss at West Virginia is interesting and strange, but losing in Morgantown isn't that unusual. I still consider Baylor a team that could play their way back into this thing, quite frankly. Uh, this is That's why this game it interests me so much, because Kansas may be a victim of timing 
again this week as they were last week with Oklahoma, who sort of had its back against the wall, right? Oklahoma was in a very similar situation to what Baylor is in right now, sitting here um, one and two in the conference, right? Just everybody's sort of counting them out at this point. But this is a team that was top 10 and, and projected to, to potentially win this league. That's that's tough for Kansas. They get them twice. You know, you'd rather have Baylor last week than this week, I think. Um, but that you know, Kansas has got to deal with that now. Yeah, l- let me ask you this. Who do you think has more pressure going into their game this weekend, Kansas or Kansas State? Because Kansas, you know, they're one win away from being bowl eligible. They've dropped two in a row. Um, after that incredible start and all the national attention, they dropped out of the top 25. They're playing a Baylor team that they've struggled against in the past, but they're, uh, the, the playing field is much more level these days than it was. And then on the other, on, on the other side, you've got Kansas State. And they are taking on TCU, who's a top 10 team in the country. We talked about it quite a bit about how Kansas State controls their own destiny and in the driver's seat for a Big 12 championship. This game could potentially decide that. So who do you think has more pressure, Kansas or Kansas State? Kansas State has more pressure this weekend. I don't, I don't think it's particularly close because they, you know, they still haven't lost a game. And they're coming off of a bye week. And they get the opportunity right in front of their face. Uh, to go get this one. We welcome in the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks. How much pressure is, uh, Brian Haney, how much pressure is on KU football this weekend? Bad timing again to play Baylor coming out of a couple of losses, but do you, do you feel pressure there, or these just all feel like opportunities at this point? Uh, I think there's pressure that mounts if the losing streak continues because the closer you get to the finish line without picking up the sixth win, that would get you bowl eligibility for the first time since 2008. I think each game becomes more and more pressure packed, but I don't think they're feeling a ton of it just yet. I think the defense is feeling some pressure from Brian Boylan to bounce back after a really rough weekend in Norman in terms of missed tackles and missed opportunities. And the OU runs a hundred plays and that tempo is, is tough to, uh, to keep up with. But at the same time, they need to do a better job of getting off the field. So they're feeling pressure. You know, Jason Bean is feeling pressure individually to be more consistent. Uh, but I, I think overall, in terms of like the, the team level of pressure, certainly it's there, but it's not quite as, as crazy loud as it might be You know, if you head into November still searching for, for that uh, sixth win. And that could be the case. We've got a bye week next week, and then Oklahoma State after that as, as you get back home. So we'll see. But this is a major opportunity game against a team that I think is in a similar wheelhouse to Kansas. And that's not been the case for the last decade or so when they've gone up against Baylor. This year, I, I think they feel that they are very much uh, contemporaries and, and very much you know in, in the same type of, of category in the Big 12. And that's saying something based on where Baylor was ranked to start the year. But as they've proven with three losses to this point, they can certainly be had. And Kansas hopes to be the next team to prove that. Yeah, Brian, you know, you look at the the Kansas schedule, I mean, even as far back uh, as over the summer when, when the schedule came out and, and you kind of circled this stretch as being a really, really difficult one for the Jayhawks, even before we knew that they were going to go uh, 5-0 and to start the season. They ran into a pretty desperate Oklahoma team last week. And, uh, you know, it, we, we all know that the struggles that the Sooners have had to start off their season. But you know what? It, it could have been a really easy game for the Jayhawks to go back to the Jayhawks of the past and say, hey, we kind of ran into a buzzsaw here. We don't have our starting quarterback. We don't have one of our top running backs. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant goes out with an injury. Uh, we we kind of get punched in the mouth early on. We could just fold it up and go home. That's not what the Jayhawks did. Talk a little bit about what you, what you saw and what you thought of the overall effort from start to finish from the Jayhawks on Saturday against Oklahoma. Well, I think you like the fight throughout, and there were certain moments that rose up that made you feel really good about how far this team has come. And yet at the same time, I think if I'm being honest, the game probably wasn't as close as the final score indicated. And, and that's, you know, speaking from a constructive standpoint that knows this club is better than what they showed defensively offensively it really in every phase and uh it, it looks good on a paper in the end you only lose by 10 that was the line that, that the prognosticators had you score 42 points that looks good a week after you lose your quarterback Jalen Daniels but then you look a little bit closer into it and and you see 
how many times OU was able to convert on third down, how many times Kansas's defense couldn't get off the field, how many times an OU player got to the second and third level because of a missed tackle. Um, and, and you look at things that Jason Bean could have done better. Two interceptions, one of which was just a spectacular play by the OU defender, but uh, definitely some some key plays and throws he'd like to have back, some moments where uh, perhaps he could have been more effective with his feet had the decision to run come sooner or, or maybe done more downfield with the runner. But he's also trying to be, as we talked about in last week's episode, they want to utilize his speed, fastest Kansas quarterback we've had since Nolan Cromwell. But behind him, you have a true freshman, and so they can't take too many chances. But it's all an evolution process of him feeling out what he's capable of and and, uh, and, and when the time is right to, to really try to fight for that extra yard and, and when you want to just get down and, and live to play another snap. But I, I think by and large, I, I walked away from Norman disappointed that we weren't in the game more than what we were. And at the same time, as someone that's called a lot of beatdowns in Norman and Waco and Stillwater where you lose by five or six touchdowns, it was great to see how hard they competed. And maybe the case in point is you, you get inside the one-yard line, uh, your own one-yard line at the end of the first half, seven seconds on the clock. Kobe Bryant's just been carted off the field, and Kansas makes not one but two stops with less than a yard to go. And that just showed me the fight and, and, and the toughness and the will you know, to, to be better than what they've been out of this Kansas football team. And Kenny Logan was the guy that led the way. He had 14 tackles, huge TFL interception as well Kansas defense had two more fumble recoveries a couple of which they, they were kind of gifts with the way that the Gabriel lost the ball in both instances but Kansas was there to pounce and capitalize and those are all positive things so I, I think the big takeaway guys is we could have been much better than what we were and we have to learn from those things particularly defensively but we also saw a level of fight and competitiveness that, that might not have been there uh, in, in previous years under previous staffs that had teams that were, were a little more downtrodden. And, and uh, the key here is to be spitfire, angry, mad that you gave up 52 and to not be complacent. Say, ah, well, we played within 10. You know, we'll, we'll have a better chance next week. Lance Lightfoot wants this team to be hacked off that they've lost now two in a row. And that's not acceptable. And, yeah, we've had seasons where they lost 12 in a row. But at Kansas, we don't want to lose consecutive weeks in this new regime, and this new era. And so having that mindset, attacking the practice week with it, I think is, is key for Kansas. And they're doing that so far this week. Yeah, it's interesting um, that we look ahead to Baylor as a – it's not it's not a game that Kansas should win to go to – to go to Waco and win, but it is a very uh, comfortable and nice feeling to know that they could go to Waco and win. Like just the, just the turnaround. It, it always surprises in a good way of how good it feels to be like, yeah, Kansas could totally go to Waco and win that game um, real quick. And I know you're at big 12 media days for hoops. Any I, coach Leipold didn't give much insight onto the chances of Jalen Daniels playing other than he wasn't practicing. I, it feels like the chances are almost zero, right? That Daniels is ready to go this week. You know, coach isn't saying anything publicly not, nothing in house has been said to update his status other than he's improving by the day. But there was a tweet that, um, whether it was Pete Thamel or Bruce Feldman, I can't remember. It came out on Saturday morning one of the national college football writers, and he referenced, you guys can look it up while I'm waxing poetic here, or trying to, uh, he referenced that the most realistic return for Jalen would be after the bye, and, and there was a chance it could happen as soon as Oklahoma State, but it would be after the bye week, and that would be at the earliest, the tweet said. So not to take that by gospel, as gospel, because that's coming from somebody outside the program, but nobody inside the program is going to say anything in the meantime. They're going to keep their cards close to the vest and, and be very careful with this. But I would say that, you know, they remain optimistic and encouraged with just how much he's improving steadily and, and his attitude. It, it would not surprise you if you know anything about Jalen and just how he constantly walks around with a, a smile on his face. and He's just so upbeat and positive. He's felt from the onset of this thing that he was going to beat any recovery timeline that was thrown at him and i think that there continues to be optimism uh you know internally but they're not going to say anything externally about that so 
Um, I'm preparing as I put my, my spotting boards together. It's uh, Jason Bean still atop that depth chart. And the only thing we have officially from, from Coach yesterday was that Jalen did not practice yesterday. Kobe Bryant did not practice yesterday. And so it's next man up. But you do get a chance to heal up next week with the open date. So maybe we're having a different conversation. Uh, flip the calendar to November with Oklahoma State coming in. But uh, it's still a significant injury, and yet still guarded optimism that, that uh, you know, he can beat some of the reports that are out there. Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks, joining us here, and we'll uh, transition to to basketball. Of course, you're at Big 12 Media Days uh, right now, Brian, and uh, the, some preseason polls came out for Kansas basketball. The Big 12 coaches pool has Baylor at first and Kansas in second. And then the AP top 25 preseason poll came out where Kansas and Baylor tied for fifth right now. Uh, I think that's a credit obviously to bill self. And even though you've got a ton of newcomers coming into this team, um, you know, nationally, at least the, the AP still feels pretty solid about the Jayhawks chances. Where do you land on that? And of course, you know, preseason polls really don't mean a whole lot, but I, I do think it's a testament to the overall culture and program that the Jayhawks have. Yeah, it, it really is, and, and I think that uh, Kansas has done an excellent job of, of restocking the shelves after losing Ochai Abaji and Christian Brown to the first round of the NBA draft. David McCormick's playing professionally overseas now. Remy Martin, it's going to be interesting to see where his next move is, but he was obviously such an integral part of our national championship run. And so, um, you know, when you lose the, the magnitude of talent that Kansas did there, and yet your preseason top five, what? Who does that? You know, only the blue bloods can do that to that degree. But it's also aided by this day and age that we're in in the transfer portal. And to get a Kevin McCullough type talent from Texas Tech, who did not make it as one of the top six players on the all big 12 preseason team, but was nipping at the heels, I think, and very much play ahead of some of the guys on that list. Um, it, it speaks to how uh, stabilized, you know, Kansas is in terms of adding a different piece like that. It's going to be such a tremendous addition on both ends of the floor. So I, I think um, that that makes Kansas instantly, from an experience standpoint, with Jalen Wilson, Kevin McCuller, a third-year point guard running the show back there. Uh, it's it's going to help you a lot. DeWan Harris you don't worry as much about losing guys with, with a lot of experience like Ochai and David and, and, and Christian Brown, because you've got that, that influx of, of veteran, you know, 50 start type guys with Kevin McCuller. Now, how do you sprinkle in the new faces and how much do you lean, particularly on these new freshman bigs? Obviously Grady Dick and MJ Rice are going to play a prominent role on this team, but some of your most established and, and, uh, and proven talent coming back is at their position where you've got a gape and a hole and opportunity is in the post vacated by David McCormick. And so, you know, how do guys like Ernest Uday Jr. and Zuby Edifor step in right away and, and how much can you lean on them? What is Cam Martin, who was a transfer from Missouri Southern State University a year ago that sat out all season? What does he bring to the front court. He's not the athlete that those two are that I mentioned earlier. They were both four and five star recruits and in one case a McDonald's All American. You know, you're not getting the same level of athleticism, but he's a he's a pick and pop guy. He, he can play tough inside as Bill Self has described him. He's country strong. Um, how much do they lean on him early? I don't know. Um, I, I think clearly the ceiling uh, when it comes to Kansas front court is highest in talking about Ernest and Zuby. And I think self really loves the personality of, of Ernest. And, and we say personality, I'm not talking about wowing guys with great one liners and zingers here at media day. I'm talking about a guy who plays with energy, plays with enthusiasm, a smile on his face. He's infectious with his, his energy and, and his positivity on the floor. And uh, we haven't always had that, from the big man position, there's certainly some good examples of it, but um, usually that comes from a point guard. And yet, Ernest, I, I think, you know, in, in some of the early practice glimpses that I've gotten, he brings that to the degree that Bill Self is, is absolutely loving this freshman. And that doesn't mean he starts right away, but I think he's in the mix for significant responsibilities. Now, everybody wants to hear me talk about Grady Dick, obviously, around in Wichita. And then he's yeah. had you know, some, some big moments clearly in the preseason, too. I, I only buried the lead with Grady just because, you know, there, there's other wing talent there. 
but he's certainly going to be a, a high volume guy in terms of minutes and opportunities to score the ball still, you know, going through what some of the freshmen typically go through in, in terms of, uh, you know, day in day out consistency and that kind of thing. But there's a, a ton of excitement about what he brings and he's such a great athlete, tremendous shooter. Uh, obviously he's trying to get stronger in, in the strength program with Ramsey Nijem. But uh, love what he brings, love what MJ Rice brings. MJ's behind Grady right now, I'd say, in, in his development, just a little bit. Uh, but they're both McDonald's All-Americans. And so but my point in, in waiting to, to unveil, you know, the Grady Dick conversation is simply that, you know, we've got some more established guys that early in the season they'll lean on heavier. But that's not to say that Grady doesn't, in this first month, rise up and out a 20-plus point game that helps you win. Uh, that's in there. And we're going to see it at some point. But, uh, I think, you know, he's, he's still getting acclimated and figuring out, you know, how much of an alpha he needs to be on a team that has Jalen Wilson as its face and focal point, a team that has Kevin McCuller uh, coming in as, as a veteran, you know, upperclassman player that's it's a captain type as well. So Grady's picking his spots right now, but he's fearless. He's, I, you know, watching him, he's not afraid to get his and, and, and put up those shots. I love his, his silky smooth jumper from the outside. And I think as, as he rounds himself into a complete player on, on both ends of the floor in all aspects of what Bill Self demands from his, his players, you're going to see a really dynamic talent. But we're in the top of the first inning, okay? You know, they've had 13 preseason practices at this point. So it's tough to give you a whole lot on, on what he's projecting as this early. But uh, they're definitely excited about him. And I can tell Self loves him. And, you know, you're just trying to coach these guys up and, and let them understand the, the caliber of, of what's expected in terms of intensity, toughness, all that. And, and for every Kansas freshman or transfer, that first month under Bill's self is a month of great intensity and, and awakening because the guy that had that charming Oklahoma draw and, and just a million-dollar smile and your best friend in recruiting now jumps your butt in practice, you know, on a pretty regular basis. And it's an intensity that some of these guys, you know, need some, some thick skin to get used to. And all of our freshmen right now are going through that right now. And so I, I think we'll, we'll see them all become more consistent and we'll see rotations and roles start to be defined and leaders start to emerge beyond the obvious. But as Bill Self is quick to point out, even though we return a lot of reserves from last year's title team, the only two guys that have really lifted heavy weight uh, that had a hand in that championship are Jalen Wilson, Dewan Harris. That's not to take anything away from a KJ Adams or a Joe Yesifu or something, Zach Clement, something like that. But, but the guys that were, you know, absolutely heavy lifters, there's just two of them coming back. And so everybody else right now is, is learning what it feels like to, to step into a new role and what's expected of you. And they're all going through, you know, they say dog days of summer. I think now it's the dog days of October when, when they can really get their hands on these guys and really start to get grinding. Uh, that, that's when you start to see, you know, the moving and shaking happen within the depth chart and, and roles being defined. And that's been fun to watch. So it's going to be interesting because it's, it's coming up fast. And in a few weeks, we're going to be talking to you live from Indianapolis and, and Kansas and Duke tipping it all off. And uh, it's, it's amazing to think how much the roster will have turned over by then and yet how the expectations at both of those programs are still very much the same. And I can't wait for that. Yeah, we're, we're close, Brian. And we'll, we'll dig more into the basketball roster. Cause I have other questions about guys and, and things. And it's, it feels like a lifetime ago since the national title game and it's here. And I think football has something to do with that. It's, it's sort of, we haven't had the anticipation for basketball as much for all the good reasons, right? It's because football has been really yeah. good. Uh, okay, Brian, cool. we, we appreciate these visits. I know you're slammed down there, big 12 media days. So enjoy it today. And thanks for joining us each and every Wednesday here. Appreciate you guys. Also appreciate the mattress hub. Check them out at the mattress hub.com website, mattress hub.com. And uh, you can do what I did. I'm getting the best night's sleep of my life now. And the purple mattresses, try out the Tempur-Pedic, try out the Sealy, try out all the different brands. They'll, they'll let you try it for 100 days and, and make sure it's the best night's sleep that you want. And, uh, and in my case, I went through the Tempur-Pedic. It wasn't the right fit for me, so I wound up with the purple. And it's the coolest night's sleep. It's the best back support. I love it. But the customer service that guided me through that process to find the right fit for me is what makes them the best. So check them out today. Wichita owned and operated, originated right there in Wichita, the mattress hub. Thanks, guys. There goes Brian Haney. Early kick time for KU and Waco this weekend. You'll hear it right here on KFH. We'll come back. 
Some thoughts on uh, that conversation and more on Sports Daily on a Wednesday. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app featuring improved features and quicker navigation. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use toward dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM rewards. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Kansas only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. And welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on a Wednesday, wrapping up hour number one. Our appreciation to Brian Haney there for diving into KU football and hoops. Real quick, as it is Big 12 Media Day, uh, Tommy, we, you know, KU, K-State, a very interesting media day this year. Uh, we've got uh, our buddy Brandon Zinner up there reporting on it right now for 12 News over on the TV side. Uh, the women went yesterday, the men go today, but interesting for Jerome Tang there, certainly interesting for KU because of the things that, Brian Haney just brought up like this is such a different roster than we've seen. Um, I, I I think that there is enough experience there. Certainly Grady Dick, I think will thrive with Bill self because he was coached very hard. Remember at sunrise, um, Bobby Pettiford is a guy that last year, if you listen to Bill Self, you know he loves him. I'm really curious to see if he can get back healthy and what he can provide. But it is the post, right? As frustrating at times as David McCormick might have been for people, he's, he's a unicorn. And Bill Self's teams are better when they have that true big man center like that. And, you know, Zach Clements, I don't think, plays the position that way. He's more of a forward. Uh, they list him as such. Uday Jr. There's a lot for KU early on in this season. And look, I think their talent will carry them for a while. So it's not that big a deal. But ultimately, by the end of the season, it will be a big deal that they get somebody down low that they can count on. They're just better historically when they have that. 100%. And uh, I'm really interested to see how 
Kevin McCullers style will translate into Bill self system. Um, he was a fun guy to watch at Texas tech. So that there's a, there's a lot of, um, you know, interesting pieces to this team. And, uh, you know, of course with the returners of, you know, Jalen Wilson and, and Dewan Harris, I'm excited. There's a lot of firepower on this team. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. And then on the K state side, uh, Jerome Tang has the opportunity to really start to put his, his touch on the program and really be able to prove a lot of people wrong. Uh, we talked about it before. So that's huge for both of those guys. And by the way, I feel like we would be remiss to not even mention that both KU and K-State women's basketball, both receiving votes in the top 25. So there's some fun things to watch on the women's side as well. Heck yeah. We, we had reports on them uh, yesterday on 12 News. Just lots of good stuff. Lots of good stuff throughout it. You'll hear... Of course, all the coverage of KU Athletics right here on KFH, kfhradio.com. I'll tell you, kfhradio.com. So uh, the last couple of weeks, I've had my daughter's soccer games with KU playing the early games have come. And, you know, another one of the coaches and I, we listen to the games while the soccer games. He's a, He coaches. I'm, I'm watching, but we're listening on KFH Radio uh, as we're watching soccer. And it's awesome. I mean, Haney does such a good job. The broadcast is so quality. Really love that we have that here on KFH. It's always uh, awesome to be able to hear that. So KFH Radio, if you're on the go but need to catch KU Athletics, that's the place to be. Uh, all right, we'll come back. Hour number two. So Travis Kelsey uh, making some news. If, if you're you know sitting down here, you can see a little snippet from a podcast he does with his brother um, hinting at possibility. His desire that OBJ could be in the future. It's a very interesting development. We'll hit on that next on Sports Daily. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 